the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. back in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. And as I've been going through Romans chapter 12, one of the things I've been doing each time as we begin, I begin by reading verses 1 and 2, the first two verses of the chapter. And the reason I do that is because it's the context for the entire chapter. It tells you from whence all of this is supposed to come from where all of these commands are supposed to have their source. So let's look at it real quickly. Remember, Paul is teaching young Romans what it is to be a Christian, what it means to live this life. He's doing it through his letters and through the Spirit of God. So we know, based on what we're about to read, that Paul is saying, guys, this is how you live it. And you know what? That's a question I hear a lot in the Christian community. How do we live it? How do we make it real? That's what we're talking about when we're talking about Christmas. How do we make it real? How does it become more than just a tradition for our family? Well, Paul answers them back, as it were, and he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you, beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. There's your gift Do not be conformed to this world, this aged, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals. It has new ideals. And its new attitude. It has a new attitude. So that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good, acceptable, and perfect in his sight. To repeat what I said last week, this is the Spirit of God through Paul telling us how to live as a new creation. But if we allow it, if we allow it, because there's a choice involved, 
If we allow it, the body becomes our identity. That creates a duality in us and has us living conflicted lives instead of abundant lives. The body is what creates the duality. It creates the perception of, of a duality. There is me, there is the, the me that's on this earth, and there is the me that is with God. No, there's only one. If you are a child of God, you are a new creation in Christ. You have literally been remade into a new being. A being who has union life. Now you guys know this. But why is Paul telling them to consecrate, to make the body as a living sacrifice? Because it is the one thing that can literally co-opt your Christian experience. It can literally give you a false sense of identity with this world. It can cause you to live to something that is dead and no longer active, which is your old man. And Paul says, sacrifice this thing. Well, what does that mean? That means that I recognize that it is no longer my life. The body is not my life. That's hard to do sometimes. If we live to the flesh... We will be conformed and are being conformed to this world. Because this world is about the flesh. If we're living to the Spirit, we are being conformed to the image of Christ. Now, there's no third option. You are being conformed and you are choosing the image to which you are being conformed. You're choosing it. This is not a matter of God overpowering one or overpowering the other. This is a matter of your choice. You're saying, okay, I am a spirit with a body. I am a new creation in Christ. I am in union with this spirit. I am walking in truth. I am living in the plan of God. I am provided for. I am protected. I have eternal life. This is who I am. I will live to Him. I will live to worship. I will live to praise. I will live with my focus upon Him. That is who I am. And this body, which is not representative of that life, which is representative of the Adam life, I literally give it over, sacrifice it, to the filling, the working, the manifestation of the truth within me. That's what he's saying. We are either conformed to the flesh or we're conformed to the spirit. What is being conformed? Are you complete in Christ? What is being conformed is your soul's perception, mind, will, and emotion of who you are. Do not be adapted or conformed. He says, be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Does the renewing of your mind really change your body, does it? No, it doesn't change your body. It might change how you use your body. Renewing your mind doesn't change your body. It changes who you believe that body represents. That's why Paul says that's important. We are to be determined in the yielding of our mind to the will and to the mind of Christ in order that we might have a contrast created between us and the world. 
You see, God wants us to see the contrast. You've been out there. You've been living amongst the world. Do you see the contrast? The reason there's a contrast is so that you may choose what is the perfect will of God. When you can't see the contrast, you are being conformed to the world. And that is why it's fuzzy for you. Because you want to please both. You see, a lot of people say, I want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. But what they really want to do is know how the will of God is going to affect their fleshly living. Because if they could have control of 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 their future, they could somehow make their fleshly living more comfortable for them. And we do want God on that agenda, don't we? Paul says, listen, if you want to walk, if you want to live out the truth of who you are, Then yield the body. Recognize that the body is not your life. They can take your body, but they can't take your life. If I can recognize that, then I can see the body as merely an extension of who I am in Christ. And you know what? I have the same walk on the earth that Jesus did. Jesus didn't do anything of himself. His body looked like everybody else, but it was a body that was surrendered to the will of the Father. That's how it ended up on the tree. It fought him every step of the way. It fought him in the garden. He sweat great drops of blood because of the struggle. But he says, no, not my will, but thy will be done. I will walk this body in conformity with the truth of who I am. Well, he hasn't asked any less of you. You see, what affirmed Christ in who he was, was Number one was his faith and his, and his trust in the Father. And number two was his walking in faith and trust to the Father. That's the only way it's affirmed. We are living in a new paradigm. The surrendered body never looks to itself. It always looks to his life. That's the truth of it. Let's look at verse 14 of Romans chapter 12. Verse 14, Romans chapter 12. Bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in their attitude toward you. Bless and do not curse them. Okay. Listen, in order to become a new creation, you had to surrender your old life to the cross. You had to accept by faith that the old life died with Christ on the cross. And the new life was resurrected in Christ. You are in Christ if you're born again. Everybody's got that. The point is that your life is surrendered. Now the Spirit of God through Paul tells you to surrender your body in addition or as a result of your surrendered life. He says, surrender your body. In fact, the the term there is to continuously surrender the body. Because it's the last remnant of your old life. It must be surrendered to Christ. Now, just as Christ came to bless us, he gave us his life in order that we might be. Now, get this. I'm going to come back to it. In order that we might be a blessing. Now, You have been made a blessing by the union life that Christ has given us. The new creation is a blessing, and as such, it blesses others. Now, we would agree that Christ 
blessed. He was a ministry everywhere he went. He didn't have a ministry. He was a ministry. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I want to tell you something. Because of the union life you have with Christ, you don't have a ministry. You are a ministry. And when we talk about blessing, the scripture says that he came in order to bless us. How did he do that? He did that by living a surrendered life and by literally giving that life that we might have the same life he had. A life that was in union with the Spirit. A life that was accepted by the Father. That union life that we have is literally a blessing to those who come in contact with it. It is a unique blessing. It is a unique equipping of the child of God. Nobody else has that equipping. Well, how do we have it? We have it through our union connection with Christ. Now, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean for us to bless others? It literally means that we carry with us both the present and the atmosphere of Christ within. Is everybody on board with what that means? So, when we go somewhere, we're so caught up in being man-centered, and we're so caught up in, in our flesh, so often we think that being a blessing has to do with, with what you do and what you say, and we're going to talk about that later on. Being a blessing has to do with who you are. That's where it's centered. That's the source of it. You're going to see where he says, bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in their attitude towards you. What he's saying there is that you are to be who you are. You are to be a blessing. Your life, your old life has been surrendered. You've been made a blessing by the union life within you. The new creation is a blessing. The only time we refuse to bless those who persecute us is when our identity is in the flesh because only the flesh can be persecuted. Only the flesh can be persecuted. The only time that we feel like we need to curse those who have come against us is when we're living out of our flesh because we want to protect who we believe ourselves to be. Listen, I'm going to say it until you get tired of hearing it. They cannot take anything away from you. You say, well, they already have. Are you a child of God? Do you have his life in you? Then how do you define life? What is your definition of life? Is your definition of life your job? It can be taken. Is your definition of life your money? It can be taken. Is your definition of life your health? It can be taken. Is your definition of life your spouse or your family? It can be taken. There's only one definition of life and you have it. And it will never be taken from you. That is why we don't have to curse. When we're persecuted. We don't have to retaliate. That is also why we can bless. We're equipped to bless. And endure the suffering of the flesh. Because it's not our life. Again we're living a new paradigm. A surrendered body never looks to itself. When we see the persecution of the brethren. We need to remember that it is Christ. That they're seeking to persecute. Those people who are suffering for his name's sake are really blessings. They are being blessed. We talk about cursing. Sin is the curse. 
Every curse has its origin in sin. When we bless, we're being true to who we are. When we curse, we're entering into sin. Do you get that? When we bless, we're being true to who we are. When we curse, we're entering into sin. Well, what does that say? Well, you know what? I only cursed that fellow because he deserved it. You entered into the flesh and thereby entered into sin. That's why you cursed them. You see, we have no cause to curse any man. Why? Because all our life is blessed and they can take no life from us. To bless those who curse you is a present tense reality. It's an imperative command that calls you to continually bless those who continually pursue and curse you. That's impossible to do apart from your new identity. We're not talking about a man-centered temporal blessing. Okay, I want you to understand when we talk about blessing, we're not talking about necessarily about money. We're not talking about uh, food. We're not talking about job. We're not talking about man-centered temporal blessings. What are you equipped to bless with? What is the blessing that you have received? Well, it's Christ. How do I bless someone else? I manifest the truth of Christ in me. The blessing that he is talking about is the blessing of prayer, the blessing of honoring the blessing of kindness, the character of Christ being expressed through you. And yes, that does sometimes involve giving, but giving is a fruit of your blessing to someone else. These are the blessings that we have been empowered to give, to show them his grace, to show them his mercy, to pray that they are made aware of his love for them, to pray that they are made aware of his presence. These are the blessings you've been empowered to give. To pray for their good, to show them Jesus, to minister to their hurts and their needs. That Greek word there for bless is eulogeo. Eulogeo. It comes from two words. You meaning good and logos meaning word. A word that comes from the good. It's a blessing that is spoken and has its origin in the good in you. That's what he's talking about. It has its origin in the good in you. It doesn't have its source in the flesh and it is not responding to flesh. It is a supernatural function of a supernatural being. And guess what? You are a supernatural being. So, how does a supernatural being, how does the spirit respond to persecution. How did Stephen respond to his stoning? How did Christ respond to the cross? As life was leaving their body, blessing was leaving their lips. Because once they were squeezed, the truth within them came out. And you know what? God allows for the squeezing. I am positive, and I'm not just positive, I am flat convicted of the truth that God has placed me in circumstances and around people that are specifically designed to squeeze me. And when the squeezing begins, I have a choice as to who I'm going to be conformed to. 
as to what I'm going to be conformed to. Am I going to be conformed to the flesh, to the world? Then you will hear cursing coming out of my mouth. You will hear victimization being preached from my lips. You'll be hearing how unfair it is that I be treated in this way. You'll hear hear every bit of it. Let me tell you something. That does not come from the Spirit of God. And when it is shared with you, you know what you need to do? You need to turn their attention towards truth. You need to turn their focus towards Christ. You need to be, begin praying for them right then and there that the scales fall from their eyes so that they can see God and where they're at. Because if they can't see Him, they'll miss the purpose. They'll miss the value. They will literally miss the blessing of the squeezing. God has purpose in all things that we endure. So we are to be a blessing and not be cursing. Luke six twenty seven and 28 says, But I say to you who are listening to now to me, in order to heed, make it a practice to love your enemies, treat well, do good to, act nobly toward those who detest you and pursue you with hatred. Do you understand? This is not somebody who just gives you the old California wave as you drive by. This is somebody who literally is on your trail. He is literally right behind you. He is constantly attacking you. This person is out for you, constantly pursuing you with cursing. It says, invoke blessing upon him and pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Implore God's blessing, favor upon those who abuse you who revile, reproach, disparage, and high-handedly misuse you. How in the world is that possible in the flesh? If my identity is in this form, then what they're attacking is me. And I can't sit by and be attacked. It reminds me of when David was leading his armies out, and the fellow that was up on the hillside was cursing him as he was leaving. And David had these mighty men that traveled with him. Each one of them had killed over a thousand men in battle. They were mighty. One of them says, why don't you let me just skewer this dog and put an end to it? And he says, no. You see, David's reasoning was that God had allowed him. And if God had allowed him, David would allow him. See, David's identity was not in his flesh. It was in his faith. It was in his God. God is the one who protected David. David never lived in the illusion that it was his armies that kept him. David never lived in the illusion that it was his, his strategy that, that protected him. David lived in the truth that it was God who held him and kept him. That's the truth of you. And if that is the truth of you, then you have no reason to feel victimized, to plot the undoing of your pursuer. This is a command that only a new creation can keep. It's impossible in the flesh. It is our blessing to bless. Look at Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy. And weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. To rejoice... Now, you know joy is a fruit of the Spirit. To rejoice with those who rejoice is literally to share in the fruit. Now, there has to be an identity... With the body of Christ, because that's what he's specifically addressing, his brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. He's literally saying, enter into the joy of someone else. Now, you know what? Pride makes that really difficult. It does. 
particularly if they got the job you wanted or now they've got the success that you desired for your own life and God somehow withheld. Or that something's happening to them that, that you feel like should have happened to you, but it didn't. It's real hard to rejoice with them. Well, let me tell you something. Bitterness, envy, comparison, those things are not fruits of the Spirit. Only joy is. God says, set that aside. Do not identify with the flesh. Identify with the Spirit and enter into their joy. Share their joy. You are to affirm their rejoicing. That's what the body is about. In fact, by affirming their rejoicing, you come together and together you point to the truth of where that joy comes from. As a church family, we're closer than most. So we're aware of the things that that are going on in each other's lives. In order to really participate in the body of Christ, we need to be rejoicing with the people in the body who have entered into the joy of the Lord over whatever they've entered into the joy of the Lord for. Typically, it's this way. Since joy is a fruit of the Spirit, joy comes to us when we recognize God in whatever circumstance, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. Joy is not attached just to the good things. Joy is something, you know what, you experience indiscriminately. It it comes upon you, you enter into it, and you know what its purpose is? It is to awaken your soul to the truth, to draw you into the worship of His presence. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.